Yeah, welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast where we dissect who framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time with special guest Gamo Martinez. Hello and welcome to uh, everyone's favorite podcast, Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, where we analyze the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time. Uh, I am Annie McMullen, and as always, I am joined by the extraordinary Chris Blair. Oh, hello. And we also have back again our favorite first guest, Guillermo Martinez, who's a director with Sony Animation and brings just an amazing spin to the show. So we're very happy to have him back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back, and hopefully I can continue spinning or giving my spin, or whatever. You see, <laughs> I am a little, my brain is already too fried from, from overworking, but I'll do my best. Minute 18 begins with Eddie reacting to Donald's cannon, and it ends with Eddie giving a what's with this guy look to Betty Boop. Eddie has this very terrified look when he sees this cannon i you know i at first i was wondering well hasn't doesn't eddie realize that this is like a scripted show and they're not going to get hurt but then i realized maybe this is tune piano trauma for eddie after his brother was was killed by a piano by a tune this is just making memories flood back for him yeah, yeah. i mean eddie's really aware that like tunes can't really get hurt but that the they have, you know, an effect on the physical world of, of humans. So he does look, he does look legitimately terrified. I do like though that this guy who's hated, hated tunes for the longest time is showing even a sliver of humanity or love for tunes. And this is it's very a subtle, little bit of subtle acting where it's like, I don't care about tunes. And then all of a sudden they're about to blow each other up. And he's like, oh no. I was like, oh, look at that. But that this guy, there's a, there's a layers to him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a very nuanced character, very not cartoony. Um, I mean, which is insane because, like, Bob Hoskins is an insanely cartoony guy. He's a yeah. former mime. Like, you know, he's like, it's, yeah. He's a yeah. former mime? That I did not know. I'm sorry, we're finding this out in minute 18. <laughs> Wait, uh, I think so. I think he does, I, does, I think he does a lot of, not mime, sorry, like clown work. Yeah, but not necessarily like like like. I mean, a mime is just a silent clown, right? No, that's yeah. true. Oh, am I just about to be canceled by the mime community? You, that- yeah, it's too late. They're throwing fake rocks at you right now, Annie. Um, <laughs> they're gonna lock me in an invisible box. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to turn off the podcast, but they're like mime turning it off, and they like it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I think I think yeah I think he was a clown and you can see it kind of a little bit in the ending of the movie. Once again, flashing forward to the ending of the movie, but like he, there is elements of him that like say that he used to do clowning before. There, absolutely. I mean, we've talked a lot about Bob Hoskins' like physical comedy, right, and like his ability yeah. to interact with these tunes. And um, we haven't gone into it much lately, but like the casting choice of Bob Hoskins and how many other people were up for this role who would have objectively done a thousand percent worse job you know oh, yeah. because like you kind of have 
to be an ex-mime to do this. It's half the movie's miming with stuff that's not there. Yeah, and the fact that like you have to do that while also look like someone who has gone through shit in life, you know, and and be believable. Because yeah. when like I remember when that thing happened at the end, I was like, oh my god, a completely different character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of range. I I'm just like this is like shaking my view. I, I'm like I'm shook right now because so I am a recruiter in real life, which is basically just a casting director that's not fun. Yeah. And like the idea that you would go to cast this without understanding like what you needed to accomplish this, right? Like without saying like we need somebody who's been a mime. You know, yeah. it feels like mm-hmm. it should be a minimum requirement. Must have been mime. Must mm-hmm. <laughs> must look a little bit like a cartoon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't believe there was any other consideration. Like, especially the people we talked about who were who were considered for this role, right? Who was it like um uh, no, Bill Murray? Ha- yeah, Harrison Ford, Eddie Murphy. Uh, oh, ew. yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Murphy, like, I can see him getting serious and then going back to, like, funny, but, like, just Harrison Ford, I don't know if he, like, can pull that off. I might be wrong. No. Yeah. None of them, like, they're all too attractive, like, too Mm -hmm. conventionally attractive. Even Bill Murray, right? Like, um, they're all, uh, I mean, Eddie Murphy's got the slapstick thing, right? But I don't think that he would bring the, like, gravitas of, like, the tragedy that, that like Bob you don't, you don't buy does. this guy's drinking every single second. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it just it just makes no sense. You know, I wonder, we talked a little bit um, last episode about how there's potentially a rogue tune teaching actors bad accents out there. Um, <laughs> and I wonder if there's also a rogue tune casting director. And, mm-hmm. you know, he that person was, that tune was wreaking havoc on things like this. Donald shoots Daffy's piano, which ends the act. So we can say Donald won. Eddie gives us look uh, after that happens. After after everyone escapes the the cannon unscathed, he gives this look that in one facial expression says, so that they're just ruining two grand pianos every single night mm-hmm. for this show. Like he gives yeah. this look of like indignance from a place of like practicality. You know, like, I can't believe this is a real thing that that happens. And it's horrifying. <laughs> and I bet the managers, the manager of the bars, the fans to that would be like, are you look at the crowd. <laughs> losing their mind. Sure, they're drunk. Yeah. They're mostly all drunk, but losing their minds. I would buy so many. I would buy a piano every day. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, to get that. <laughs> they might. I mean, Marvin Acme says the Ducks never finish the act. So is this happening every performance? It's Are happening the pianos- every performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and every I mean? performance, there's that guy who's like, hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. The song has such an end. To yeah. It. It doesn't mean that like the song ends and then they just play a different song and that's the that's like that's the rest of the act or this you know the song is definitely over maybe they just don't get to bow at the end maybe there's that um, but yeah you're right it does very definitively seem over at the point the hooks take them off the stage yeah 
we have Eddie receive his drink and we get the we get the payoff of it. Um, he cannot resist licking his fingers. This takes us up to this is Eddie's official fourth drink of the movie. We then hear cigars, cigarettes, and we see, of course, Betty Boop. Who's ready for some boop facts? Uh, I am. <laughs> I am never been more ready for facts. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Boop was created by Max Fleischer in 1930. She was voiced by Margie Hines. She was supposed to be a flapper, basically. Um, very clear from this. But she was based off of the singer, Helen Kane, who wound up suing Fleischer because of this. Can you just imagine looking so much like Betty Boop, who does not look human? <laughs> Betty Boop looks like a flattened human. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the most complimentary thing, especially because here's a really fun Betty Boop fact. She was originally not a human. She was originally a dog. And they decided, well, let's make her human. <laughs> They were like, you know what? This dog has a little too much sexual energy. Better make her yeah. human. This dog's a little too hot. I bet, they, I bet they made her human and then they changed the face to a more normal human face. And they were like, oh, we lost something. How do we, how do we get it back? Give us like 30% yeah. more dog. Like, oh, perfect. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, she definitely has a unique look. Her, they did keep her boyfriend a dog, though. Uh, her boyfriend, Bimbo, who appeared in a couple of cartoons of his own, uh, stayed a dog. So okay. I did not know that he was a boyfriend. Like, I've seen Bimbo, I've seen him in a bunch of other Betty Boop shorts. Um, and I'm like, oh, he's a boyfriend? That's crazy. But then again, there's Roger Rabbit, just Jessica Rabbit, the mm -hmm. uh, inter-species. Inter That's where... Um... Brian from Family Guy came from. Oh, it could be the dog who has a sexual relationship with. I mean, a human woman. Betty well, Boop opened the door for it. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I think you. I think you're on something, Annie. Like I think the fact that he likes to drink cocktails, it means that it means that this dog was raised in a particular environment. The environment being bars, bars that the mom used to work in, mm -hmm. like. <laughs> All the other like flappers were like, oh, it's Brian. It's like a, a little baby Brian. He's a little protector. You know, like like there's something, there's a story there. Here we go. Yeah. We're creating And Seth MacFarlane has that kind of like transatlantic voice. He talks like he's, you know, in the 50s a yeah. little bit. Yeah. He has that uh, that affect to his voice. He does and, for sure. And Brian is the only character that just has a normal, it's just Seth MacFarlane's voice. It, mm -hmm. He's not doing a voice for that yeah. so i think oh, you're right awesome. i don't think i've ever really noticed that betty doesn't have a neck no she doesn't she's uh, it I, her head takes up so much space too like what would that neck be doing nothing her <laughs> her cheeks are being supported by her shoulders <laughs> in 1934 the Hayes Act passed, and this is when censorship started to come into films. And that this is when they decided that they could not sexualize Betty anymore, and they had to no longer make her a flapper. They had to give her full clothes. And uh, this is also around the time when they decided, hey, you know, maybe it's weird that she's dating a dog, and they dropped Bimbo. <laughs> Wait, but did she still have did she did she have pants then, or was it still the dress? Oh, this is a good question. 
question. I think I, I know her legs were more covered. Because I don't think they were that covered. It's like, oh, we don't want to sexualize her. Okay, she's not a flapper. We'll just give her another mini skirt or something. Because I don't remember ever her having like pants or I don't know. I don't okay. ever remember her being like demure in any way. Yeah. She looks like, um, you know, that cultural phenomenon of like a sexy baby. Like that's what she looks like. Yeah. She has the little baby face. Although looking more and more at it, I'm like, it's actually just the face of what's that sheriff dog? Like it's Droopy Dog's face without the snout. It's Droopy Dog. Yeah, right? that's the yeah. sheriff dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, her body is like. It's Lola Bunny. It's Jessica Rabbit with slightly smaller boobs. It's hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. I think that Jessica Rabbit and uh, Betty Boop have had that conversation where Betty Boop is like, hey, uh, just remember I opened the fucking door. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, you know, I'm not more hopeful. I hope their mm-hmm. conversation is like, do you ever notice how there's no tunes who aren't um, you know, part of the male gaze? Like mm-hmm. I, I, th- I hope they're having like a slightly more feminist dialogue. I really yeah. hope so too. Yeah, I hope so. Well, Betty Boop was pretty significant. Is she was the first like major female cartoon character? Especially, she was not the f- she was the one who was not just like the the female to a male counterpart. Um, yeah. Bim- Bimbo was more her counterpart. Wait, do you think that they were like? Yeah, we'll give this lady a cartoon as long as she's not, you know, like headlining over any men. Give her a dog. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That, I mean, that I wouldn't be surprised. That animation studio was just a bunch of dudes in ties smoking cigarettes. And, you know, <laughs> I can easily imagine. <laughs> Fun fact, the uh, all of the patrons in this bar are just the the animation studio. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, all the animation people. By the way, if you want to be high and watch a cartoon, the Betty Boop cartoons are the ones to go with. They are so trippy. Like that's, uh, every- that's our next podcast, easily. Yes. Yeah. Really they high just come- watch weird old cartoons. <laughs> if, if you want, if you if if you're into more extended conversation about, <laughs> about <the history laughs> we uh, have her tell Eddie that she still got it. She does her. Boop, 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 um, which okay, I... Oh, I'm going to pause you right there. It's uh, boop, boop, be doop, boop. Oh, I apologize. I, I, I apologize to Betty Boop. Neither of you got the, like, to the melody, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like, a very clear melody to it mm-hmm. where it's like, boop, boop, be doop, boop. All right, we're getting sued now, Annie. <laughs> we <laughs> can't I, remember okay, the now, words, but... Now I'm actually going to, like, say the, uh, the... Okay, so now you messed up the two. I messed up the words. <laughs> I'm like shit what's the how many boops and b-doops or I don't know but it's like <laughs> my, wife, my wife and I had this conversation years ago and she would be like oh Betty boop and I'm like what is that <laughs> and this is like another uh, animation history minute with Guillermo Martinez uh, Max Fleischer like I knew that like if you see a Max Fleischer cartoon, everything is moving. And it's because they believe for it to be animation, absolutely everything had to move. So like, that's why you will see like other Max Fleischer cartoons then the tree and the rocks are doing this little bouncy thing. Cause mm-hmm. the idea of like staticness, they would just like 
break them. That's so interesting. Yeah. Now, like, I'm, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. I'm definitely like the resident doofus here, but like, all you say that, and now I'm like, oh, I know every Max Fleischer cartoon. Now, yeah. like, I can yeah. immediately know which ones they are because like, you're so recognizable. Like them walking through the street and like the buildings are doing this, you know, it's almost like, and it, and it was at a time where animation was being discovered. So like, there was this like, well, now that we're discovering what animation is, everything has to move them because why draw it if it's not going to move like that that logic i think that was their logic yeah. in the beginning the, yeah. the tree thing definitely instantly came to mind and then also there's the shot and i don't even know what it was from i don't know what character it is but like it instantly popped into my head where it's like it's um if you were shooting it right it's shot yeah. from <clears throat> down low and it's a character walking into a street so it's this like forced perspective and the the mm. um scenery is like moving past really quickly mm -hmm. and it's kind of curved right so you can see yeah. like it's almost fisheye looking like i i don't know why that comes to mind but i feel like that that particular uh like composition comes up a lot in these sort of things because it does make everything in the frame move oh yeah yeah so this minute ends where we start getting the applause we know Jessica Rabbit's about to come out. We're about to finally see her. Marvin Acme is just clapping wildly and dousing himself with cologne. <laughs> I watch this and I'm like, this is the guy that every female server and dancer in the club is like, stay away from table four. Yeah. You know, because he's a creep and be like, he tips well, but it's not worth it, honey. Yeah, little you little fancy. You think like the, the the new waitresses are like, wait, is that the mayor? Is that the mayor <laughs> of Toontown is like, yes. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Then there's like a there's like an 87 year old woman back there who's like, just stay away from him, Maria. <laughs> Trust me, it's not worth it. He told me he was gonna get me out of here once. Oh, poor Betty Boo. Probably been enduring this for a decade now. She probably used to be his, uh, you know, he was dethroned by Jessica. Yeah. I would like to see like a, a movie, a, ver uh, a movie version of Hustler, the Jennifer Lopez film that just follows Betty Boo and, and uh, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. And it's about what it's a life weird. that it is to be a, a performer in this bar and like, Betty Boop is the is Cardi B. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. And we just end with Eddie giving a what's with that guy sort of look to uh to Betty Boop. Uh, I, I by the way I love their camaraderie. I love that Eddie, um, despite the way he feels about tunes, he still it's obvious he adores Betty Boop. It's kind of a sweet the only sweetness we really see from Eddie aside from with the kids on that on that bus. He gives the most genuine mm. smile we've seen from him yet. Yes. Here. It's very sweet. Mm. And you do see a little bit of like, you know what? I bet that guy could be a mime. <laughs> like you see it, right? He's soft. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a, a soft Hoskins. Like Bob Hoskins is in most of the movie, but every once in a while it's soft Hoskins. <laughs> By the way, don't look soft Hoskins up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Um, Noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
it's time for our favorite segment on the show, Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother, tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so we have Nish here. Nish has watched the next three minutes of the movie he's never seen the movie before but he's going to give us his thoughts on these three minutes how are you doing nish great great just just finished watching minutes 16 uh, through 18 uh fun they were fun okay uh, i was uh, uh i did not know what to expect in the club um and um it was it was interesting to see most of the people on the tables were all all people and the and the place was being operated by the tunes and so uh yeah we get it we get a small mention earlier on uh that uh this place is tunes only allowed tunes only to perform and yeah to tunes performing yeah. mm-hmm. question this um, is a, but you brought up something interesting that's like it made me think are there rooms secret rooms in the back of this place that is like humans who have some sort of weird kinky obsession with cartoons <laughs> not, in a, not in like a jessica rabbit but more like you know like even as like hey kid, do you guys have like the penguins from mary poppins <laughs> like you know like something like that like if it's just like this weird obsession that i don't know <laughs> like, I, uh, there's gotta be like that's that's rule 34 right is it, oh, 34. Is it 42 or 34? Yeah, you know, they're they're called subreddits. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> they do exist. Yeah. Okay. A possibility. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a different performance happening in those secret rooms, uh, which is not available to the to the basic basic human. You have to be more advanced, you kind of know the passcode. Yeah. Uh, I think that's we didn't get to see uh, Jessica Rabbit there. No, 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 we've not, yet. We've not yeah. seen so her we yet. Don't know, I don't know where she's at. Mm-hmm. I think these minutes were less loaded than the previous uh, segments of three minutes each. Um, I think the first minute goes into like, he's just taking the lay of the land. Um, he still has that look of kind of like a little bit disgust towards tunes, looking around. Um, and then, but then we find a little bit of a, you know, I kind of like that there was a kind of a douchey human who kind of proved that humans are still worse uh, in some ways, which <laughs> throws the ink. He seemed like to be the owner of Toonland. Yeah, That's- yeah, he's the owner of, uh, he's the, I guess, mayor owner of uh, Toontown. Toontown, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, at me, he's pretty ubiquitous. I think it's sort of like, he's like Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. Not a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, I think he should have not said that I will shove this pen up your nose. He should have just done it because I think you, you don't need to give a warning for that kind of act. Like not supposed <laughs> to throw on people. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'll, I'll push back on that and say, you know, if you want to be a good detective, you probably should not be assaulting people where you're where you're trying to spy. That's true. You don't want extra attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but that guy was not, I don't like him. Yeah. I'm gonna, this is my prediction. I'm going to continue not liking that guy. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, Marvin Acme. Oh, Marvin Acme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. 
I can't wait to I can't wait for you to get to the other minutes. But yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll change my mind. It's not the first time I've done it. Um, um yeah, I thought the minutes were fun. Uh there was a last time I think we talked about a little bit about how uh, he hates all the all the all the tunes uh and that he should not and possibly there is a a plot line where he realizes that not all tunes are bad and that maybe his brother died of not through a tune but somebody else. Uh, oh yeah, to recap um something that I particularly thought was interesting about Nish's take on the minute so far is that he um is very skeptical of the idea that the tunes killed uh killed Eddie's brother. He right off the bat was like allegedly I don't know what I don't know what investigation was done. We, we, there's no mention of conviction, but allegedly they killed uh, Eddie's brother. All I can say is that I am so fucking excited for this movie. Like I'm, the fact that you're discovering this movie for the first time and you're getting to these, and the fact that you're you're watching this movie for the first time in such a slow way. It's like oh man, it's like I don't know. Like I, there's so much like, I can want to say, but it is true. Like you think of like film noirs and it's like oh the tune killed the, the the brother and then you're like no it was actually the president of the united states or like the mayor or whatever but i can't say much because <laughs> human human on human thing i think yeah uh, i think there's a good signal for in these three minutes for my or a previous prediction mm. because when that server in black and white she comes around um she's uh he's kind of nice to her like he's not disgusted by her presence. There's a he's familiar with her and uh, um, and more respectful than relative to the other tunes that he does not know. Mm-hmm. So maybe in past he really like was close with the tunes, and then um, the allegations against certain tunes for his brother's death. So do you mm-hmm. think? Do you think that um, Eddie's relationship with Betty is like the equivalent of a racist person being like, no, I have a black friend. Because that's what it kind of feels like you're discussing. I know what it is. I think so. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think we need to get him away from hitting all tunes as a plot point and realizing like, oh no, not only do I not hit all tunes, I don't even hit one specific one because all of this was fake. Not fake, but was a misunderstanding. Have you changed your views at all in um, in A, uh, who do you think is going to frame Roger Rabbit? I still think Jessica Rabbit is a little bit involved in uh, in collaboration with the influence under the big human corporation, which is, um, that's, I think, the reason. And uh, I think there is, profit to be made by the the human corporation that possibly also runs the the train business in LA area at the time I think I stand by it and I think it's motivated by money yeah okay okay and motivated by money and uh, you still think it's going to be a murder that Roger Rabbit will be framed for yeah I think so it will be for a human just like the same reason like how um Eddie's brother was framed and that's how he realizes like, oh, how tunes get framed for human deaths. And uh, that could be, oh, that could be a good way for him to discover, you know? 
uh, oh, I have seen this pattern before. And then he's like, oh, this is what happened. And is there a part of you that thinks that maybe Eddie's brother isn't uh, dead? I'm just throwing that out there. Whoa, no, but I think those things are, those things are possibilities. I mean, I don't know. That's always a good one. Like the person that you thought was dead is it not dead. Like, yeah, it feels like I spoiled it for you, but I didn't spoil anything at all. But <laughs> Wait, I, I want to know. So Nish, this scene in particular has probably some of the most like iconic cartoon characters ever in it. Like, are you familiar with all of these characters i know i know you don't know who betty boop is because you said a a tune lady um <laughs> the server um, server, <laughs> server server um but like uh, the ducks what's you know did you have any yeah. feelings or like, yeah sorry yeah donald was one of them no mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um speech issues is that from um ducktales in any way donald was in ducktales yeah did you know who the other duck was oh maybe deep down inside i know but it's not <laughs> it's not coming to the surface uh, that's your best way of saying that like i don't know him well but i feel that daffy is the one that i like the most like i feel like you have a connection with daffy i think yeah <laughs> stop trying to bring him over to team daffy just saying <laughs> which one did you have a preference for the ducks did you like one duck like were you rooting for one duck over the other um the one that got crushed yeah i think that's for a little bit right okay. yep see sorry chris oh, damn damn i i alone stand on team donald it's all right i'll take that you have fun with your sailors you know whatever you want <laughs> Well, also Nish Betty Boop, the the server, is also a really famous cartoon, but it's really old. It's like from what the, the, the 30s. Yeah. From the black and white things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> I know about Betty Boop because like old people when I was young collected her stuff. You know, mm -hmm. not because I was like watching Betty Boop cartoons. <laughs> I mean, I mean, people, I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends knew Betty Boop just because she was in mud flaps of trucks. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's like, oh, is that character from the from the from the trucks? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> like, that's she like was kind of like cartoon Marilyn Monroe. The Donald Daffy thing's a big moment because Donald was one of the biggest Disney characters and Daffy was one of the biggest Looney Tune characters and they were competing studios. And Steven Spielberg, that was like a big moment because there was no way the two studios were going to work together and have the same IP together. But Spielberg convinced them uh, just for this movie that to, to be there and, and share the screen together. Wow. That's, um, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm realizing that this movie is probably more fun for people who know all these characters <laughs> and all the backstory. <laughs> so that makes me think that if that is the case, then maybe the brother being alive now, that might be just too much, too many things in one mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Still a good idea, but with so much going on, so many things to feel in a movie, that might be. I love listening to Nisha's like exper experience watching it for the first time. It's so like, I don't know, because I love it, the movie so much. And I think it's such a great movie. It's just really nice to see somebody like get to, 
get to experience it for the first time. And in watch it in almost like an epi- very short episodes of a of a series. Any any last thoughts about anything, Nish? Yeah, I think I think one last thought. I think because I think every three minute segment, I think they're all maybe maybe except maybe one, they all have him drinking one way or the other. Mm-hmm. He's not skipped a skipped a drink in these minutes, and so. That was kind of fun that they actually brought in a rock, even though he didn't. He asked for not to bring one. Um, but if I had to rewrite that scene, I would, I would not have him even say it and just show the rock come in. That would be more fun. Mm-hmm. But can I be honest with you? Like as a kid, I watched that that on the rocks scene, and I was like, why would he ask on the rocks? And then the rock showed up, and then he was pissed off, and I was like, I don't get it. But he said on the rocks, like that's a rock, and then I guess <laughs> it was like, oh, it's ice. Still don't get it, but it's, it's... yeah. I, I thought about that though, and I think like if he if he doesn't say it, you you probably miss the joke. Mm. Yeah. However, like I bet that sort of like drink on the rocks. I bet like that would become like a new hipster drink. Like you know, like it definitely you know, is. They sell oh, really? stones. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's great. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Nish. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. And I look forward to the next uh, next three minutes. Okay, cool. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on those. Absolutely. Bye. All right. Bye, Nish. Bye, Nish. Bye. All right. Uh, MVPs for the minute. Yeah, so this is a hard one um, because there's not... Uh, it's not a lot of action, right? It's just a conversation minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say that it's it's Bob Hoskins' sweet little smile in this because yeah. it's it's it plays a critical role in establishing another layer in the onion that is Eddie Valiant. Yeah, uh, and I would say, kind of similar to you, I would say that my MVP is the clear history that that uh, Eddie Valiant and Betty Boop have. Um, and by the way, listeners, how about this? We'll put up a poll. Tell us, are you Team Donald or Team Daffy? We want to know. Do you want to? Do you want to take us out this time, Annie? Thank you so much for joining us, Guillermo. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, not really. Um, stay safe out there, I guess. <laughs> it's the only thing I can say. I think of. <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't watched it yet, definitely check out. Mitchell's Meanwhile the Machines. It's a great movie. He <laughs> keeps, keeps messing up the title, but it's uh, Mitchell's colon the machines. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually just I thought it was Mitchell's ampersand, the machines. Oh yeah. Spelled out. Mm-hmm. Spelled out. Yeah, spelled out Mitchell's the full That's word important. ampersand. Never yeah. Find yeah. It's actually uh mitchell's what's that one that's like is better than <laughs> oh yeah greater equal to greater than, than. Equal, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i want to thank you for listening to this podcast dueling genre and scott corelli for hosting this podcast and you can check out so many more podcasts on duelinggenre.com and hit that support link to go to the patreon page We will see you on Monday for Minute 19 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.